Hey everyone and welcome back to another video from Aman Talks NRL Supercoach. Today we're going to be previewing round 12 of the NRL season, going through the trade targets, burning questions and hot topics of the week. So Tilty has just dropped, so we'll get into all that good stuff. But if you do enjoy the video, as always, really appreciate a thumbs up. Do appreciate a subscription to the channel as well if you haven't already. Let's get straight into it. So quickly, just going to take a look at how I went last week in round 11. It was a good week for myself, saved the trades, and maybe that's a sign for myself that if in doubt, don't do anything, and the team hopefully just bounces back and does okay on its own. So we got a top score of um, 1,109, which was in the top 8% for the week, up to 11.5k, which is still not in a great spot, but around the buy period, planning hopefully can help, and um, I'm looking better in terms of the team, and I'm a bit happier with it overall as well. So quickly, we'll just go into some of the TLT talking points now as well. So TLT just dropped about a couple of hours ago. So apologies if I have missed any of the big news. Um, in terms of the first game, in terms of Manly versus the Storm, um, Jerome Hughes has been named again for the Storm. But again, that happened the past couple of weeks. So I kind of want to just wait till game day. Fortunately, the game is on Thursday. So that does help us out in that regard. Garrick has been named at fullback in replacement for Tom Tavojevic, who looks to be out for the rest of the season. Josh Schuster has been named on the bench. And um, Hamoli Gokawoli, um, I just wanted to reference him here just because no turbo might mean better returns for uh, for Hamoli in the future. So just something to be mindful of. Um, that's something that I picked up from TLT. Um, for the Cowboys, uh, Tamalolo is out for round 12 and the reports are he may be back for round 13. I know there was quite a few questions about Tamalolo and would you hold or would you sell. If you've got adequate depth, I would definitely be holding just for this week just to see because if he does play in round 13, he'll be a valuable number. If he's not out at that point, then I think you have a different decision to make in terms of selling for another second row forward or front row forward. So I'm just going to get that question out of the way because I know that will be a popular one. I would be holding Tamalolo if I could. And then next week, if he's not named, then you can reassess. And if he's named, then play him for that week. And then in round 14, you can then decide to flip him for another guy for round 17 coverage. Also wanted to mention uh, Jake Granville has been named on the bench due to injuries for the Cowboys, which might be bad for Reese Robson. I know he's been a popular hooker of the last couple of weeks and he did really well last round, but the fact that Granville is named on the bench might eat into his minutes because Robson has been playing 80 minutes, I think, for the last month or so. So I just wanted to flag that as well from TLT. Um, for the uh, Broncos, Adam Reynolds is still out. So that plus the bye week means he's going to be out for three weeks. They're probably just giving him some extra rest. So that meant Ezra Mam has been named again in the halves. Um, and Dave Fafita has been named in the extended reserves for the Titans. Not really much else out of that game that I picked up. The Warriors, there was a lot of things to talk about. So Adenfinal Blake has been ruled out for what looks like a loose Frank injury for quite a while. I was reading reports of maybe even three months. So if you've got him, he's definitely a sell. And Matt Lodges left the club as well. So there's definitely a lot of minutes on offer in the middle for the Warriors. So Jazz Tavanga has been named at prop. I know a few people might be looking at him for a handy pickup in second or forward or for a hooker. Um, and Tohu Harris might be now almost confirmed back to big minutes as well. So definitely a big minutes watch for myself for this week. Um, autocorrect thought that was uh, Ask. It's actually Dejan Arcee. He has been dropped to the reserves with Chanel Harris-Tavita returning to the starting lineup. So unfortunate news for anyone who did pick up Dejan Arcee now that he's out of the 17. Um, for the Rabbitohs, big one here is that uh, Peoples has been dropped out of the starting 17. So I know a few people were looking at him as a cheapie for this week named out of the squad altogether in the extended reserves is not ideal that's kind of coincided with Cameron Murray being named on the extended reserves so yeah Peoples is basically now ruled out as a cheapy option and Cam Murray 
probably isn't an immediate buyer with the state of origin factor, but definitely good to see him back and ahead of schedule as well on his injury front. And for the Tigers, uh, Dane Laurie and Luke Books do return for them. Just wanted to flag that because they've been looking pretty good in the last few weeks, and I think getting Laurie and Brooks back would only be beneficial for them. So I don't really see an easy game there for the Rabbitohs. For the Sharks, Talakai has been named. Um, there was some concern around his injury, but he looks good to go for this week. For the Rooster side of things, Nat Butcher does start again in the edge position, and Satili Tupanor has been benched um, after coming back from his HIA. So good signs to anyone who's looking at Nat Butcher. Has been named to start again. Obviously game day, there could be some switching there, so ideally you'd want to wait until game day, but um, at 400k, Butcher probably still going to be an okay buy who will cover round 13. Um, for the Bulldogs, again, big news here is that Jacob Karaz has been named on the wing in replacement of Ockenbor. So Josh Adakar has come back and he's taken his spot quite rightly. And um, Karaz has been named in Ockenbor's spot. So don't be surprised to see Karaz be the most popular bought player this week. And I think he is going to be a good cheapie. Ockenbor has been looking suspect in defense. I think Karaz has looked quite good in the two games. So I feel like he's got some decent job security for any uh, people who are asking about that as well. Uh, Max King surprisingly named on an edge. I was a bit surprised to see that one. Um, TBJ on the bench, although if you've got him, I still think it's okay because he looked quite good coming off the bench last week. And then Cody Ramsey, for anyone who's interested in a nice uh, cheaper option, who won't cover round 13 but has got an okay draw. Cody Ramsey, again named at fullback. With the lack of faith shown in Terrell Sloan and the Moses Embi experiment kind of being over, I think Ramsey has now got that jersey um, and it's basically his to lose. So I feel like even his security still questionable, but he's a cheap price, so I don't even mind him particularly as a punt in your center wing. Uh, for the Raiders, so Jamal Fogarty is back, which means that Brad Schneider has dropped out, so that basically kills him now um, for super coach purposes and can definitely be sold. Um, won't even cover round 13 now, you suspect. Um, Although, actually, Jack White might be involved in Origin, so Schneider might come back into the half. So, let me rephrase that. It's not good for him long-term, but for the next couple of weeks, Schneider still might be okay if you are still hanging on to him. Uh, Wolford starts at number 9, but again, question marks with him in the fact that he played like 26 minutes last week at the number 9 spot. So, definitely don't think he's a crash-hot cheapie. And for the yield side of things, IPAP has been named at lock, Madison on the bench, and not Mike Sevo, Mike Sevo has been named in the extended reserve. So in terms of the IPAP and Maddo issue there, don't really see it as much of an issue. I think last week Madison was named on the bench in the final team and IPAP was named on uh, at lock. And I think when Madison came into the team, IPAP then moved it to an edge. So I think that might kill his attacking stats appeal a little bit, but we know that IPAP is a gun. So don't really phase doesn't really phase me too much. If you haven't got IPAP, I'd still be looking at him as a good purchase. And even Madison, he's been killing it off the bench. Seems to be a bit of a trend where Ford's coming off the bench, you know, when the Sting's kind of going out of the game, they seem to do okay. So I'm not as concerned with guys like TPJ and Madison who will be named on the bench. So that's my kind of wrap up of some of the main talking points from TLT. So the big news, obviously, is that Tom Trevojevic has been ruled out for what looks like the remainder of the season, and he's definitely a sell. Don't really even need to be looking at the draw there moving forward for the Manly Sea Eagles. What I kind of wanted to address, though, I've had a few people ask, you know, who's the best replacement for Turbo? Um you know, turbo to who. And honestly, that's why I've got the question below me, which position in your team needs the most strengthening? If you've obviously got dual players, you know, for example, if you've got a dual center wing fullback, a dual second row forward center, you can go from Tavojevic to a second row forward. And again, if you've got a front row forward, second row forward dual, you can go from Tavojevic to a, uh, a front row forward. So it's really, the ball's in your court, I think, in terms of what position needs the most strengthening. Like if you're looking at a fullback, I like the likes of a Gutherson over the origin period, Reese Walsh maybe as a pod, 
who covers round 13. You could even look to someone like Tedesco, who's actually been doing very well recently. Center wing, there's quite a few decent premium options to consider, like Ruben Garrick, Mulatalo from the Sharks, Joey Manu. I've put well Will Penasini here. I quite regret setting, uh, selling Penasini. He's been really solid, and I do like the Eels draw moving forward, so I don't even mind rebuying him, in all honesty, because he's been really handy for, I think, anyone who's held on to him. And one person I haven't written here, but also can be considered, is Brian To'o. Just with the origin factor, though, you probably want to maybe hold off on that one, in my opinion. But yeah, lots of good centering options to consider. Now, the halfback spot is, I feel like, where if you're looking for a pod in your team, you can definitely pod up if you've got the right duels, say if you've got, like, a Nico Hines. I really like... Mitchell Moses and going for him. I know he doesn't cover round 13, but there's really no good round 13 halfbacks in my opinion. Um, and probably one thing I should also mention in the fullback spot is uh, Drinkwater. I haven't mentioned Drinkwater, but I, I probably should have put him in, in hindsight because uh, the Cowboys are looking amazing. And I think Drinkwater still could be a nice option who does actually play round 13. But just back on the halfbacks, I like Moses because he does have genuine upside. We've seen that so far this year. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned, round 13 halfbacks, there doesn't seem to be that many. So getting someone like Moses, you know that he won't play State of Origin and he will cover round 17. And I do like the Eels draw, as I've mentioned, his goal kicks as well. He does have those low scores, but he could be that pod who has got the upside. So I don't mind him. Jerome Hughes, I've written here, but again, not as hot on him just for the injury uh, concerns around him. And Cherry Evans, like Cherry Evans has been very solid this year, but it might be relevant to talk about it here. The draw for the Sea Eagles moving forward for the next couple of rounds is not ideal. So obviously Cherry Evans won't play round 13 because of State of Origin. So that means he'll have the Storm and then the Tigers, which is a good matchup. But then it's the Cowboys and Storm and then the bye again. So that kind of, again, dents my appeal for someone like a Cherry Evans. So I really like Moses as a nice pod halfback. Now, second row forward, we'll definitely get into this more as we're looking at some second row forward options. But the likes of Madison, Cotter, Hamole Olukwatu, Kikau, these are not unfamiliar names. These are guys we've previously talked about on the channel. Um, Papali'i at front row forward is obviously a must, um, in my opinion. And then the likes of a Grant, McInnes, maybe even a Reese Robson, um, also good options at hooker. So I know I've listed off like a bunch of random players there, but I really do think it is team dependent as to which one you want to go for. So I think questions about like, you know, Turbo to who, really depends on who you want but these are a bit of a short list of some of the guys that I really do like um, in their respective positions. Now just expanding into that a little bit further if you are mainly looking at the center wing and fullback spots I imagine this is where most people would be looking to go with their turbo replacement so um, I probably should shout out uh, Scott Drinkwater I completely um, overlooked him here which I think was a wrong thing on my part because the Cowboys do have actually a really nice draw after this week versus the Panthers, and they cover round 13, and they look in seriously good form. From memory, Scott Drinkwater does have a high break even. I'll put that on screen um, in the in the editing afterwards. But Drinkwater, I think, is a great option as well at fullback if you are looking for round 13 cover, and I actually would prefer him over a Reese Walsh. Just on Walsh, the draw is not that bad for the Warriors. He just doesn't thrill me because he's averaging like 56, which is fairly solid, but I feel like the upside is not quite there. And to me, you're looking to buy him with the thought of wanting to get rid of him at some point in the future. And so again, depends on your trade situation. Do you want to be taking those punts of buying a player knowing that you want to flip them later? Or do you want to go for a guy who you more realistically want to keep for the rest of the season? Gutherson, I think you can put into the same bucket, into same same as Reese Walsh. But the thing with Gutherson is that I remember this time last year, he was really, really good around the state of origin period when you had the likes of Teddy Turbo miss a few games because of origin and not backing up. Gutherson was just a really solid option that you could count on. He was getting around 70 to 80 um, most weeks. He even had games where he was getting like 120, even 140, I recall as well. And when I look at that draw, 
none of those games really kind of frightened me. Like, obviously, it doesn't cover round 13, but the Raiders away is still a decent matchup. The Raiders have looked better, I'll, I'll admit that. But then the Bulldogs in round 14, the Roosters midway through the state of origin period, you would imagine still going to be, you know, a little bit um, underdone, uh, you'd think. Rabbitohs in round 16, I think Rabbitohs are conceding a lot of points. And then the Tigers in round 17, and even beyond that, the draw is quite good. So I do like plugging in someone like a Gutherson. It's a similar argument as well with Moses. They're just nice options from a good team with a good draw, who probably won't lose that many players for set of origin. So you still think that they're going to maintain their performance. So I do like Gutherson for those reasons. If you're looking in your center wing, I know a few people were asking maybe between like a Garrick or a Joey Manu, which one of those two would you prefer? Now, I think given the draw, Probably Garrick, just for the fact that the draw is a little bit less tough than the likes of um, the Roosters for Joey Manu. He is 50k more expensive, so that definitely does come into thinking. And he's versing the Storm this week with a 97 break even. Without Turbo, it's a hard week, I think, to be buying Garrick. Uh, obviously, I understand if people are selling Turbo, they want to get that done this week. Now, for that reason, I probably would buy Manu this week. He's got a lower break even at 65, and he's a lower price at 600k. The Sharks can still concede points, and then he's got the Raiders in round 13. Um, so this week, I'd be buying Manu. I think both are really great long-term season keepers, um, and both play round 13 as well, which is really nice and handy over there. Um, I probably would slightly give Garrick the favoritism, because at fullback, he has averaged around 67 um, since 2020 when he's played in that position. I looked at the numbers there, so that's a pretty healthy average that you can plug into your center wing, but I think Joey Manu is probably going to average around the same for the course of the season as well. So um, 50-50 call, I'd, bu- I'd buy Manu this week and maybe Garrick next week. Now, other centers to consider, I know Zach Lomax has been talked about a little bit because he scored like 90 points um, last week and he's got a great matchup this week against the Bulldogs. Now, he's got a low break even of 42. It does feel like a good week to be jumping in because he's got that really good matchup because then realistically, you probably not want to be buying him until around round 15. So I think you really have to make that call as to do you need that center wing immediately? You know, maybe if you're selling turbo, then yes. If you're just upgrading... um, like, look, I know he had a good score last week, but Lomax has generally, in my opinion, been a little bit underwhelming. He's gone mainly around the 50s to 60s. Like, I own Lomax, and I was happy enough to see that score last week. Um, one thing I would say, though, with Cody Ramsey in the team, it definitely seemed like there was more attention going to the right side of the attack. Now, it was the Warriors who do, obviously, flatter a lot of opposing attacking players. The Bulldogs do the same thing, though. So, I guess it really comes down to, do you need the round 13 cover straight away? Or can you maybe just take a punt on a better matchup this week and then deal with you know, getting a, a Garrick or a Manu next week because they do have tough matchups this week? That's kind of how I would consider, you know, if you are looking at a low max, just have a look at your round 13 centers. Like in my example, I've got Garrick. Um, and so if I was buying one of Manu or Lomax this week, I'd probably buy Lomax with the knowledge that I'd want to try to get to Manu next week. If I couldn't do that, then I'd probably just buy Manu. I feel like I feel like he is a more of a season keeper than Lomax. But um. Yeah, round 14, the Cowboys, they'll come back from origin, so slightly underdone. Then it's the Rabbitohs, Raiders, and the Broncos, so it's a fairly decent draw as well for the Dragons. So um, I do like him as a bit of a pod player, and we know he goal kicks, so he has got that upside as well. Now, the next topic I wanted to get into was, is it time up for Talakai? So he's been very frustrating, as you can see here. So if I just quickly explain the graphic, and for anyone who's listening on the audio, as we are now also available on Spotify. So what I've got here is I've got his scores for the entire season thus far. And um, shout out as well to Three Wise Draftman, um, who kindly let me use this graph here, which was their real position scoring. So this is the average points conceded um, from teams against left centers. So I wanted to I wanted to do this analysis just to kind of have a look and see, 
Is there a trend as to why Talakai's fallen off a cliff? Has he been versing teams who've been quite good at defending left centers? Um, and not really. That's the that's the um, basic argument that I got. Because if you see after that game against uh, Manly, where he went massive and scored 165, his four his four scores have been 36, 50, 34, and 43. And now the teams that he was coming up against, in terms of what their position is, in terms of conceding points to that left center spot, the Broncos are in eighth, so middle of the table. The Warriors are the sixth, so that means that they can see the sixth most. Uh, Canberra seventh, and then the Titans fifth. So he's been versing teams who have, you know, based on this season's data, have conceded points to that position. And then if you look at what's ahead, he's got the Roosters who are in 16th, who are very, very good at defending that spot. Then he's got the Bayer. Again, he goes into a nice run of the Warriors, Titans, and the Bulldogs, who, like the Bulldogs have actually been pretty good at defending left centers, but they do concede a lot of points. Then he's versing Melbourne in round 17, who actually surprisingly do concede quite a few points to that position as well. And don't forget that round 17 will be a state of origin week, so the Storm won't have the likes of Grant or Munster. So I look at that draw coming up, and I still think it's good matchups on paper for Talakai. I know he's got a high break even of 123, and in my particular team, I'm on 21 trades. I don't really have that many trades to play with. And I still feel like he's not my biggest concern because I know he's got this ceiling. I know the last four weeks have been really, really frustrating. Now you can put him in your center wing, which is great. So you can plug in maybe like 40 to 50 points in your center wing. It is concerning, though, that that, that upside is gone. I mean, there were, there were some uh, circumstances in each game that can kind of also explain this. So, for example, the Broncos was just after he went massive against Manly. I'm sure there would have been some discussion around. We've got to lock him down. And Katoni Staggs has been a really, really good defensive center so far this season. So Staggs basically locked him down. The Warriors game was when the Sharks went down to 11 men. So maybe that potentially had an impact on their attack. The Raiders we've seen in the last few weeks have actually been a much better defensive team. The Titans last week, hard to explain, rainy conditions. Maybe it's just me building a bit of a narrative in my head, but I feel like there have been circumstances in each of those games that have hindered him. So my opinion is I still feel like because he's got that ceiling, I want to hold on to him and I don't think he's the biggest issue. I know I also bought him at 700k, which is extremely frustrating seeing him drop 100k and have a 42 three-round average. But looking at those games coming up, the Sharks are a good team. They've got Will Kennedy back, which I definitely think will help their attack. That's also something else that can also explain why he's been maybe been a bit lower the last few weeks. They've, they haven't had Will Kennedy in their attack. So I'm personally holding. I don't mind people selling him. You know, if they're getting in the likes of a, a Kickout or a Madison, one of those genuine guns, I'm like, okay, fair play. For me, though, I'm going to be holding. And hopefully that little analysis, that breakdown, kind of gives you some food for thought um, as to why I'm holding. Uh, but look, I don't actually mind the sell because it has been underwhelming. I'm just taking a bet on the fact that he will hopefully get better because the matchups coming up are conducive to points to the left center spot. So we kind of already addressed it in the TLT section with Tamalolo. What are my thoughts on holding or selling? Basically, I suggest holding him for this week and then in round 13, if he plays, then fantastic. Hold him and then maybe you can sell him in round 14. And then if he doesn't play in round 13, then obviously you can also sell. But I still wanted to go through some of the second row forward options that we can consider. I won't talk too much about Kikau and Madison because I spoke about the pair of them quite a lot. Madison has been absolutely on fire. Again, was amazing last week on the weekend. He's gone up to a 711k price tag, which is top dollar. A break even of around 41. So he still will make some money. And I think for me, I might not get him until about round 14. I just see the fact that he's got one game and then it's the buy. When I'm paying that much money, I want to know that I'm getting the points week in, week out. 
So personally, I'm going to avoid Madison um, this week and maybe try to get him in round 14 when he's got the Bulldogs. The Raiders have been better defensively as well. So that slightly does come into my thinking. But I still think people who are looking to buy him, I don't mind it. Um, you know, selling Talakai to him, I can't really argue it too much. And, and Kickout, I do like for more of the overall type of player. You know, he covers round 13 and he's got the Bulldogs, the Knights and the Warriors, which is like probably the best three-game stretch you could ask for from round 13 onwards. So he's got a high break-even of 72. So I feel like I want to maybe take a bet that he maybe drops a bit more in price from 610k. But for that 100k saving and the fact that he covers round 13 would make me think that it's a bit more digestible to buy someone like a kick-out this week as opposed to like a Madison. I also wanted to highlight a couple of the Roosters players. So Angus Crichton, I mean, Angus Crichton and Nat Butcher, I was having this debate with someone um, earlier today you know, which of the two would you buy? Like, Nat Butcher is 140k cheaper than Angus Crichton, and he scored like 69 points last week, which is like five points less than Angus. Again, I think it kind of does come down to trade situation. If you're low on trades, I'd maybe just lean to buying Crichton, knowing that he's more of a proven gun and a season keeper. Nat Butcher, if you've got a few more trades to play with, is a great trade-in that can make some money, and then you can flip later down the line to a round 17 option. Angus, you know, you can just run through for the rest of the season. My question with Angus though is, is he going to play State of Origin? I still feel like he's going to be involved because Freddie's very loyal and um, I think Angus will still be in the setup. So I don't, st- I personally still don't like buying Angus right now just because of that State of Origin factor. Um, Nat Butcher I do like because he will definitely play around 13 barring any injuries of course. Hopefully I haven't jinxed it in that way. Um, and he's playing good minutes. He's been named to start again. Um, and so at the price of 400k, I do think he's a great round 13 covering option. There's a few other guys I wanted to shout out as well below me. So Tohu Harris, um, with the lack of Warriors forwards by the look of it, I think Tohu's now going to be basically almost asked to do like the 70, 80 minutes. Um, he's going to have to play big minutes. And I think we, we know that when Tohu plays big minutes, he's just a PPM machine and he can easily knock out 60 to 65 average with ease. So Tohu, I'm also definitely liking as a round 13 trade-in because he also, I believe, has a high break even and should go down in price as well. So we might be able to pick him up in the 500k range. So if you're not looking to buy a second or four this week, you can obviously wait a week and instead get someone like a Tohu. Similar with Olakwatu, he's got a tough matchup against the Melbourne Storm. He's got a break even of 104, so I definitely don't think you have to be trading him in this week. Again, you get another week to see how the um, the Manly Sea Eagles will go without Turbo. We've traditionally seen that Olakwatu has performed slightly better without Turbo because more of the ball goes with Cherry Evans, who plays on the right side, who likes to feed the ball more onto his back rower. So I think Olakwatu is a good wait for a week, um, and then maybe you can pick him up in round 13 if you are looking for extra round 13 numbers. And similar with Schuster, again named on the bench, kind of kills his appeal a little bit. Luke Garner, I wanted to quickly discuss, because I know a few people have been asked about Luke Garner. He's just recently picked up second row forward and center wing dual status. My thing with him is he's looked really good, but he has got a lot of attacking stats to get to those numbers. So I generally prefer to go for the guys who've got the high base power floor and who still have the chance of attacking upside, like a Madison kickout, a good example of that. I feel like Garner doesn't quite fit into that category for me. So I'm personally not going there. But I know a few people were looking at him. Um, and the Tigers have been looking a lot better as well. And they do seem to like to use him in attack as well. And, you know, he's ousted Tulangi, um, who's now on the bench as well. So Ghana, I think, is probably safe to be in the starting team. But I don't think he's a great trade-in. And my second forward, I'd like to go for some of these other guys instead. Now, the best Chris Randall replacement. So Randall's probably going to be one of the more popular traded out players this week because he's now basically peaked in price. 86 break even at 449k. So I wanted to discuss some of the hooker options that we can consider. 
So Ruben Cotter, again, had a good week last week. I think he scored above 60. I said it last week that I think he is a season keeper, regardless of origin. Whether I trade him in this week for my own team, I probably won't because there is this question mark of will he actually play origin. Ideally, I would like to wait another week on Randall to then make the decision because if I saw Cotter was playing round 13, I would buy him with confidence. But I don't know if I can do that when Randall's got an 86 break even and he's probably maybe going to score like 30, 35 and he's going to drop more in cash. I'd like to ideally trade him out this week. But that's something I have to decide for myself whether it's worth waiting a week, absorbing the price drop to get a better idea of who to trade in for. If I had to make the move this week, I was eyeing up Reese Robson, but the fact that Jake Granville has been named on the bench means I don't like him as much now. I don't think he's going to play the 80 minutes, and he's a little bit more reliant on the attacking stats to get to the good scores. You can see his base and power averages 50 compared to someone like a Cotter who's 60. Um, and so Robson, I think now his appeal is slightly dented with Granville on the bench there. I've got Damian Cook, but realistically, at 650k and with Origin just around the corner, I don't realistically think now is the right time to go for a Damian Cook. Someone like McKinnis, though, I think it's a great pitch, uh, pick up this week. Even though he doesn't cover round 13, the Sharks have lost a few fours like Dale Finucane. McKinnis has been named to start. He's got a really solid uh, three-round average of 63 and five-round average of 60. And we know he's a proven gun, and the minutes are starting to creep up just a little bit. So he scored 68 points last week, and I think around 50, 55 minutes, which is a really, really good at PPM. He's got a break-even of 49, so his price is probably not going to move that far. But for a 525k price tag, you're not paying more than 100k to go up from Randall to McInnes. So I really like buying McInnes this week. And I was having a bit of a 50-50 of Robson or McInnes, but with Granville there, it's kind of making me lean now towards McInnes. I think Cotter is better than the pair of them, but with the uncertainty around Origin, I'm just not quite comfortable recommending Cotter as a buy this week if you are looking for more round 13 coverage. I know McInnes doesn't, but at least he'll cover round 17, whereas if Cotter plays Origin, he won't even cover that week as well. Uh, so I'm looking at McInnes this week personally. Coruscant is another option, but I think he also is a bit inconsistent for my liking. I know McInnes is a pretty solid 55-60 each week, and I like that kind of solidity as a second backup hooker. Now, Jazz Tavanga is one to also consider. He's had a really healthy three-round average of 68, averaging a base and power of 50, which is very solid. And historically, Tavanga is a PPM machine. Whenever he's played good minutes, he's normally had very good supercoach scores because he likes to offload. Um, I haven't quite seen him offload as much as what he has in previous seasons. And he's the same price as McInnes, and he's been named a prop. And so I'm just not sure what the minutes rotation is going to be like for him. His minutes do seem to get rotated quite a bit. And so I think for the same price and the same uh, dual status, I'd rather just go with McInnes. I know Tavanga does cover round 13, but if, to me, he feels like one that you trade in and are already going to look to trade out again in the future. So I prefer McInnes, so I think I've got more confidence in saying is a season keeper. So he would be my best Randall replacement for that reason. Cotter probably does pip him, but the origin factor means I'm a little bit more cautious on recommending him this week. A couple of other options here are Blake Braley and Tom Starling. Again, Starling always comes off the bench. There's no guarantee that he's always going to consistently get good scores. Blake Braley had a good start to the year, and he had a good score last week as well. But I feel like I feel like he's also fallen off just a little bit as well. So McInnes, for me, is probably the best replacement, I think. Now, onto some cash cows and cheapies. I'll start with Wolford because we didn't address it in the previous section on hookers. I don't think he's a good cheapie for the fact that he only played 26 minutes last week. I never like to buy Ricky Stewart's forwards. Uh, Ricky Roulette, I'm going to coin that because he just plays around with the minutes of his forwards so much. So especially in a hooker spot where you've likely got someone like a Harry Grant or a Damian Cook, you realistically want good backup because round 14, round 18, 
these are the rounds just after state of origin that can trip you up just as much where coaches decide to rest their players so all of a sudden you've got harry grant you've got munster and then both of them get rested and you're like okay i need to rely on my backup hooker and you've got a wolford who might play like 20 minutes and get you a score of 10 15 points i just don't like that lack of points in a solid backup at hooker so i do prefer going with one of those other options we discussed in the previous section so i don't really recommend wolford as a good trade-in I've got Peoples written here, but obviously he's not a factor anymore given that he's not in, in the 17. Now, Jacob Carraz, we've already touched on it a little bit in that TLT section. I think he's a great trade in this week. He's got a minus 83 break even, which um, apart from Taylor May earlier this season, I think that's the lowest break even that I've seen. So he will make a lot of cash, covers round 13. I think he's got decent job security because Ockenball wasn't in the best of form anyway. And I think Carraz has shown good glimpses so far. So I think he's got a bit more um, job security than the likes of a Peoples or a Wolford. So I really do like getting in Carraz. I know a few people might be looking at not that many players to trade out in the center wing to him. So for example, if you've got like a Valia, you want to keep him for round 13 coverage. You don't want to get rid of the likes of a Tui Pilotu or a Kula because they're still playing and they're playing round 13. So I don't mind doing Isaiah Tass out for Karaz. You will make a lot of money doing that move. And Tass, um, he might get a run in in round 17 when Campbell Graham potentially plays Origin, but that's no certainty. And I feel like hopefully you've made enough cash elsewhere in your team that you don't need to be waiting for Tass to play to make some moment, um, make some money. So instead, I would just I'd be comfortable doing a task to Karaz, um, or maybe if you've got other players via duels like a Blake Taff, that's something I'm looking at doing this week. We'll get onto him in a little bit, uh, but I do think Karaz is a great trade in this week. I've got Wishart here and um, Miller from the Sharks. Shout out to Miller, he looked really good, but um, Will Kennedy's back, so Miller's not really an option, and I don't think Wishart is really either as well. So again, wanted to quickly discuss some of the Broncos players. Now I won't talk about Adam Reynolds given that he's not going to be playing this week, but Selwyn Cobbo. Maybe I should have spoken about him a little bit earlier as opposed to like half an hour through into the video. Ugh, what do you do with Cobbo if you haven't got him? I like I see Titans and I see the Raiders in round 12 and 14. And I think those are spectacular games for someone like a Cobbo. But 570k, I think it's I think the ship has sailed. I sadly think the ship has sailed on my boy Cobbo. I know I loved him at the beginning of the season. Um, he passed my eye test round one, brought him in disappointed me i sold him and he's absolutely been punishing to me but um look a minus 19 break even he will make some money if you've got him great i'd be holding him for round 12 um and probably round 14 maybe round 15 when the matchups do get tougher in the storm and the cowboys he might have peaked in price that might be a perfect time to sell then to another uh, genuine gun center wing um but so that'd be my general approach with Cobo. i don't think he's a great trade-in this week um, and similar with Stags, I don't think many people are looking to buy Stags, but um, I mentioned last week I'd, I'd advise to hold him, and he had a good week, so um, plus one for me for that one. Um, but uh, yeah, the 487k is still a good price for Stags. I would Again, I'd still encourage to hold, and then maybe round 15 you can reassess and sell at that point in time. Now getting on to some other sell candidates. So I did mention it previously with Blake Taff. I do think Taff is a fine sell. The Tigers this week is a good matchup, but I think the Tigers have improved quite a bit and defensively as well, even look better. And then the Rabbitohs attack just still seems a bit clunky. And Taff, like Latrell is going to come back around round 14. Actually, I don't think it's round 14, sorry. I think Latrell might be back around round 15, round 16. Either way, Taff with a break in with 32. He can obviously clear that. He's been averaging 49. So he doesn't have to be sold this week. You can sell him round 13. But someone like me who can sell Taft to Karaz, I think I'm going to do that trade this week. Taft doesn't play round 13. He's not a season keeper, and he does take up a valuable spot 
in the um, halfback or the five, uh, sorry, not halfback or five, eight, halfback or fullback spots. So I do think it's time to move him on. There's no rush on it this week, uh, but I do think he is a good downgrade candidate. Now, Cody Walker, someone did ask me, do you stick the faith in someone like Cody or do you just admit that the Rabbit is not looking good and you decide to sell? So, I mean, I sold Cody Walker a couple of weeks ago for Cam Munster. Reason for that is exactly that the Rabbitohs have not been looking good. Um, he will cover the origin period. They do have a good draw, but they've had a good draw for a while and still not quite clicking. Now, a, a break-even of 72 against Tigers, you can definitely clear that. And so at 573k, I don't think he's an immediate sell. I, I don't know. I'm not liking what I see. Like, I prefer someone like Dylan Brown, who I held. I prefer Mitchell Moses if you've got the duels. Um, he's not a must-sell, and I doubt that Cody Walker is the biggest issue in your team. Um, and especially, it's hard to buy someone like a monster now when Origin is just around the corner. So he's probably a hold for the majority of people. But if you've got that luxury where your team's looking pretty good and you can upgrade Walker to like a Moses, I don't actually mind that move. But again, it could wait for another week. Uh, Tamalolo, we've already discussed him, so I won't talk about him too much more. Neither Coates as well. I feel like Coates is looking more of a sell. He's had... Um, some low scores recently. Still has a high break even of 134. So I do think he's still a good downgrade. You know, Coates to Karaz frees up quite a bit of money. You get a round 13 number. I do expect Coates to play a set of origin as well. And Tulangi, again, off the bench with a break even of 48. Um, I think it's also time for him to, to go as well. Now, taking a look at round 12 captaincy. Um, looking at the matchups this week, captaincy felt quite split. I don't think there was any standout. So you can see that there's a few extra players than I would probably normally have. In terms of VC candidates, you know, the Melbourne Storm playing on Thursday against Manly. Um, if Jerome Hughes is confirmed to play, that would give me a lot more confidence putting the vice captain on someone like a Munster or a Harry Grant. I feel like Jerome Hughes is that integral to their team, and they've really struggled the past fortnight without him. So I really like either of Grant or Munster as VC. Grant's more of your safety net. Um, Munster is more of your pod upside. So um, I think Munster's probably a better VC shout in that regard. Um, and so is Cleary. You can definitely VC or even Captain Cleary. At the moment, I've got the vice captaincy on Nathan Cleary. I just think because it's the Cowboys who have been looking really good recently, I'm just not quite sure if Cleary will go massive, but... It's hard to doubt Nathan Cleary, especially when he's playing at home where the Panthers are so good. So for me, I'm probably going to vice-captain Cleary, um, but I probably won't put the captaincy on him. If you're looking more of a pod play, we talked about Staggs and Cobbo um, at home to the Titans. I think that's a great matchup for them. So it definitely could be a very um, higher upside punty VC. For your captaincy options for later in the week, I know Walker and the Rabbitohs have not been looking the best, but it is still a good matchup. You know, the West Tigers at home. So you could consider captaining Cody Walker, although personally, I don't think I would if I had him in my team. I'd be looking at someone like a Hines, Tedesco, or a Papali'i. Um, you know, Hines has been pretty solid um, so far this year, like in the sense that his floor is around 55 to 60, it seems. And the Roosters have conceded points, but I don't even think I'm captaining Hines this week. I haven't ruled it out. I'm not really quite decided on my captaincy or vice captaincy for this week. But it doesn't feel like a great matchup for Hines. If you have Tedesco, I don't mind him because I think the Rooster looked pretty good for about 20 minutes of that game against the Panthers. And he's averaging 71 and he's been doing pretty well over the last five weeks. So I think the Sharks can concede points. So I don't mind a, a captaincy on Tedesco. And I do actually think it's a, it's a nice play where a lot of people probably don't own Tedesco now. And you might get a pod Tedesco captain, which always feels like a nice thing to be able to do. I'm maybe leaning towards just captaincy on um, Isaiah Papali'i. Only thing that's giving me reservations about that is that he's named out lock and then it will move on to the edge. 
I feel like that for super coach purposes just denies him that ability to get those attacking stats and a nice high captaincy score. He's probably a safe 70 to 75, which might be the reason why you go for more pod punty VC, like a Munster or like a Stags or a Cobo, and then a safe captain in Papali'i. So I'm currently on a Cleary vice captain, Papali'i captain combination, but I'm definitely not locked into it. I really think it does depend, you know, if you're going for a higher upside VC, maybe consider a safer captaincy in a Papali'i. And you could obviously cons- you can obviously extend that to someone like a Mitchell Moses as well, who is goal kicking for the Eels. So a quick shout out to our group. So Darren um, scored 1,249, which is an insanely high score in round 11. So congrats to you and congrats to our top 10 in my group at the moment. Um, a specific shout out as well for Alex from the Bearded Clams up to sixth overall ranking. Um, really rooting for you. Um, that's an amazing rank. And um, yeah, want to swap? I keep asking you every week. I'll keep asking until you finally uh, let me have control of that team because I want to be ranked in sixth. Um, but shout out to James, Shane, Joshua, Charlie, Mariah, Curtis, Daniel, Guy, and David, um, all doing really well, all in the top 200 as well. So I'll just wrap up the video, just taking a quick look at my team and what I'm looking to do potentially for trades for this week. So as I mentioned, I'm currently like stuck on a captaincy on Isaiah Papali'i with a vice on Cleary. My reserves at the moment are Talakai, Taff, Dylan Brown, and Nico Hines. So what I'm looking to do this week is probably bring in um, Karaz from the Bulldogs. Now, I don't actually have to trade out Isaiah Tass for him. I can downgrade Blake Taff via duels. So that was my first thought in terms of getting in Karaz. Because I do think Taff can be sold now. So I can swap Hines to halfback. Then I can actually swap one of Kula or Suwali to fullback. That means I can then get in the center wing. So if I find uh, Karaz here, let me filter by the Bulldogs. So if I go around 11 points. So I can get him in there. That gives me 262k in the bank to play with. And so then what I'd probably do is I can either just sit on that and my fourth reserve instead of Taff would probably go to maybe like a Josh King. So that could be something I could do. But with Chris Randall there with an 86 break even, I feel like it is time to move him on. He doesn't cover round 13. He will maybe cover round 17. But the thing with Randall that I actually failed to mention is that Jaden Braley is looking for a turn in round, in um sorry, not in round 17. He's looking for a turn in July, which could coincide around round 17. I haven't quite checked the schedule there, but I do think eventually Randall needs to go. With Crossland on the bench, it does kill his appeal. So I'm looking to upgrade Randall, I think, this week. So that whole section I went into about hookers, that's kind of why I've been thinking about it quite a bit, because I'm, I'm looking to buy one this week. So Cotter would be the ideal one, I think, for the fact that he probably is the best option in my opinion. But because I'm looking to do that move this week, I don't feel super confident because of the origin factor. So I'm personally maybe just looking at McInnes. Pretty safe. Um, hopefully just plods with 60, 65 each week. Um, the Sharks still do have a good draw. And so that leaves me 178k in the bank. And then my four reserves at that point would be McInnes, Talakai, Hines, and Dylan Brown. And so that feels quite nice. And I've got nice coverage now at the hooker position. McInnes probably won't be involved in State of Origin. So when Harry Grant, if he ever gets a rest, I've got a very good backup there. And I like the fact that he is dual listed as well. So those are the two trades that I'm looking at doing for this week. Um, I'll give it more thought, but that was my initial thoughts. And I do quite like the idea of getting Karaz and McInnes in this week. So that's what I'm thinking at the moment for the team. Probably going to end the video there. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. Uh, Give it a thumbs up if you did. Um, Give it five stars for anyone who's listening on Spotify. I think that is a thing that you can do now on Spotify. So I really appreciate that if you guys did enjoy it as well. And I'll see you all in the next video.